Welcome to this week's Front End Fire. I am your host for this week, Jack Harrington. And with me are the esteemed TJ Ventol. Hey, everybody. And Paige Dieteringhouse. Hey, everyone. And as we do every week, we're going to bring you some news articles that we are going to go over and bring you up to speed on all things on the front end. And if you have some thoughts for us, feel free to jump on our Discord server. We have a channel on Blue Collar Coder server where you can jump in and just say, hey, I didn't like the episode. I like the episode, whatever. <laughs> I think this is some great ideas for y'all. And we're just every week just trying to get a little bit better with it. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's roll the dice here and see who we come up with. This week, it's going to start with Page. Well, but Jack, though, we need oh. you need to give us an intro into the news, right? Can you? Oh, so I do. Oh, no, we, we have the we have the sound effects, Jack. Oh, we right, 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 right. My bad. Let's do the sound effects. Oh, yes. Let's Here we go again. Woo! See, there we go. We, yeah, I know. Now we're in the great. News. You yes. Now we are in the news, <laughs> and now, now, Paige, now you can go for it. Sure. So this week's first news article is a new open source software component library that is called Radix UI. Uh, you may have heard of the Radix company before, and they've not, just released. Actually. Okay, so they are a company, a software development company, and they have been doing some really cool stuff, especially when it comes to the React space. So cool. they just released this new OSS component library. And it has a hundred, well, not, I shouldn't Ooh. say a hundred. It has hundreds of variations of components. Mm. So when you think about things like accordions, inputs, drop downs, buttons, basically you name it and they probably have a component for it. And it probably comes in any color that you've ever wanted. I looked through it myself and it is just astounding the amount of different colors and variations they have. So they also have um, really simple primitive layouts. So when you want, oh, you know, the okay. top header and a side menu and the bottom footer, they've got a lot of stuff to get you started on those more basic layouts that you might want. Which you they want have every single token, time. Yeah, I know. They've got uh, token systems. So you, if you want to use CSS variables, they have design tokens that support that. And what is... One of the most fun things for me is that they have a playground in the browser. So you can Ooh. actually interact with all the components. You can tweak them. You can click the buttons and see what happens. So, you know, I always love stuff like that. So I would say that if you're working on a React-based project and you have not picked a design system or a component library, give this one a shot. It might be worth your while. I like the idea that more of these libraries nowadays are building these, like they call them primitives, but these like unstyled components, mm -hmm. yeah. um, mm -hmm. which I kind of like, because I think yeah. it's solving a, a real problem because I, I don't know, using these libraries in the past, my biggest problem was always, oh crap, I'm going to toss these in and it's going to look like, it's going to have this, this look that looks nothing like my whatever and... I'm busting oh. out the worst styling. Yeah, I'm gonna bust out the worst CSS I've ever written to like <laughs> dive six Override levels into it. this thing and change this orange bang to the blue important. I need it to be. Yeah, bang important. So tons of bang important. I love this. Yeah. I love this uh, direction that we're going. So hopefully more mm -hmm. of this in the future. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think it's compatible with like the app router and Next.js and RSCs and that stuff? I think that it is. Um, hmm. I didn't look too deeply into that, okay. but I know that they did have some documentation on if you were using Next.js, if you were using Create React app, probably some different variations. So I would say yeah. you're probably pretty safe. I have to say, though, what is with the five-letter names that start with R for everything? Like, what is it? Like, React, Redux, Radix, oh. Remix. I didn't like, put that together. That Yeah. <laughs> it, I Like... It just seems like let's go with something a little bit different. Yeah, there's right? a name's like, yeah, like, letters. Yeah. I mean, exactly. we're moving into the S's. We've got Svelte now. We've got Statsworth. <laughs> We've got, well, Redwood JS. That's still an R. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them still. Yeah, Svelte 5 is on the horizon. We'll have to do a new story about that one when it comes out. Apparently, it's yeah. up there speed wise with Solid now. It's pretty cool stuff. So, yeah. Exciting. Cool. Very good. Awesome. TJ, what do you got for us this week? So I have this thing from Google, this announcement from Google, this tool called Project IDX. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, this is, I'd say, like yet another sort of cloud development IDE environment. And I say yet another because when I first saw this, it reminded me of GitHub Codespaces and Mm -hmm. StackBlitz and to some extent code sandbox and there's probably three or four other of these things that exist out there and i think like so this one's from google right so there's some a certain ump from it that it's google right so they have their own <laughs> cloud infrastructure yeah they have a lot of highly paid talented engineers so you would expect them to put a lot of effort into this but i'm also somewhat skeptical as well um or I'm, I'm just wondering what they're going to try to do different that some of these tools that already exist aren't to try to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a lot of AI integration. Yeah, they've their... got their AI helper, Cody. He's coming. Right. Cody. <laughs> it's a terrible name. <laughs> it's either a C thing or an R thing, you know. But- well, let me ask both of you though. Have you ever, so I've, I've toyed with a lot of these, but have you ever used any of these cloud-based tools to do like real work for a real company? No, no. I've always had problems with them and yeah. never gotten them to work exactly the way I needed them to. Um, so no. <laughs> so same thing here, follow-up question. Do you think the, that's the future though? Because it certainly seems like that's what a lot of these companies think that in the future, we won't have local environments that we're just going to log into some cloud, something that Google or Microsoft does. And that is our development environment. That's been like the future for like years now, but it hasn't actually it's, arrived yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason that we as developers like to have really beefy computers. And it's <laughs> not just so Chrome can stop lagging our machines. I I think that local development is a lot more intensive than a lot of browser-based IDEs are anticipating it's going to be. They don't know how many microservices sometimes you have to get running for one thing to work. And I don't think that putting that into a browser is necessarily a good idea, nor is it going to work so well. Yeah, and it pushes the limits of the, like, 
I know PWAs are a thing, but I really don't want to deal with all the browser Chrome and the browserisms when I'm working yes, on code right. either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. it messing with all my keyboard shortcuts and all mm -hmm. of that. And so it's still like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that companies are doing this because I certainly understand the appeal. Like mm -hmm. the idea of I don't have a local dev I don't have the issue. I don't have to worry about what my node version is or whether I have node globally installed or what like yeah, all my coworkers nice. are. like there, there, there's there's some benefits to it but I still I don't know. I don't I just don't see it but a lot of companies so, are going that way. So I tried it with yeah. Code Sandbox. I you know, I encourage folks when they ask questions like post something on Code Sandbox and I'm trying to go out on Code Sandbox and post like Next.js examples and Code Sandbox on the free tier. I mean it is immediately when Next.js pops up, it is 98% utilization and you're not even getting like prettier on save anymore and everything's just uh, laggy and it's, ugh. Yeah. So, well, I, yeah, I don't know. It's been Maybe kind I of my problem. Upgrade. Well, it, I've, I've had, so I've been using StackBlitz, similar type of situations when it's just like individual one-off things that I'm working on and it, mm -hmm. it works, but the thing is like the number of times I get some weird NPM error or, or something that happens, I've, I've just had issues like loading up some example and the example I used from Stack Overflow had some weird old version of something that's no longer loading right. And it's, it, it, it's very hard to debug when you're in that sort yeah. of environment because you're, you're just on this cloud infrastructure that you don't control and can't change. So if you hit something that you think is the wrong node version, it's, it's hard. You can't do anything about it. And the UIs are pretty jank. Like the code yeah. sandbox UI, it's like yeah. I spent a good couple minutes looking around for like, where's the terminal? Like, where's the <laughs> oh, log? Yeah. I just want to look at the log. Like, that's all. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's a, you know, it's like a drop down on the far right hand side. And you're like, what? The, what? Okay. I, but. You got to tell me though. At least part of you is thinking like this is a conversation that we're going to hear replayed to us in like five oh, years, Lord, yeah. and like yeah. right, mm -hmm. like we're going to be we'll totally be wrong, right? We'll yeah. all be in product IDX. We'll be using Cody to AI our cloud apps, right? We'll be doing all of our development there. There's at least a small part of me that believes that, right? That yeah. this is like yeah. the future eventually, but I just yeah. don't think we're there now. No. No. no, I'm very skeptical of it now. And yeah, we'll all be have headsets on and be plugged in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, yeah. that's oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. We'll be using Project we RDX on our our Vision Pros uh, with Cody <laughs> popping up to help us in augmented reality. That's and Cody that's will look headed. like Clippy. I honestly can't wait <laughs> yeah. for that little dial. Like if I'm going to do that, I want the dial to like that immersiveness. Because I yeah. swear, like half the time I have those on, I'm worried somebody's going to come up and smack me on the back of the head. Like, hey, look at you yes. with those dumb head headset on. What? Like, you know, I want to be able to see him coming. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's really cool. I, I mean, I'm I'm I saw that news and I was excited about it. I I like the stuff that Google puts out. So. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so there's a wait list if you want to sign up for it now. There's some sort of a limited preview going on, so you can check out their website, which we'll link to, and yeah, sign up for it. Tell us how it is. Absolutely. All right, so this week I'm going to bring in the RSC parser. It's this tiny little 
app that I, I don't know exactly who created, but it, it's kind of been going around the rounds. So when you're doing React server components with Next.js and the app router and all that sort of stuff, there is a lot of kind of cruft that's in the page at the end that is a combination of like hydration stuff and dom stuff and this thing kind of gets in there and tries its best to <laughs> figure out what that is and it can be you know informative to actually see what's kind of going on behind the scenes of these uh of this framework at least and or at least next.js and app writer is the only one that's released currently but you know, we're definitely going to see more. I think Remix is going to come out the next couple of months with, you know, their version of RSEs. Uh, I knew uh, Daiji Kato's got his kind of uh, the thing he's working on, Waku. So RSEs are here. It's a question of like, and then the more you get familiar with them, the better off you're going to be, I think. And this is intended to be internal, right? This is like React's sort of internal representation of what a certain, which because it's like reconcile what's on the server and what's on the client more or less am i yeah more or less getting yeah that? so so what's happening is like you you do your initial render and then it's you're trying to get the client up to speed with that and so this is all the data that that, that the client needs to kind of come up to speed with where the server was when it finished rendering and then mm -hmm. if you stream if you got a suspense and you're streaming out more stuff later then it also sends along, I think, an exactly similarly formed structure, which is just the little, which is filling in the little hole where the suspense was. Okay. Yeah, because honestly, I'm looking, I'm looking at this website, and this just looks like nonsense to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> Wait, honestly, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, okay. There's a little bit of that, but understanding at least, like, if you're doing these things and they're not working, like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. might be helpful to mm -hmm. to kind of dig in and see. I don't know. Maybe something's happening in there. I'm just making sure it's, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the why did my component re-render package oh, yeah. that was really popular a few years ago. Yeah. I can see cool. that happening with uh, RSEs. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm also, like, it looks like nonsense to me, but I also haven't done React server components beyond Hello World. So that's why I've kind of seen this format before, but I really have no clue how to actually, like, parse or make sense or get anything Debug. useful yeah exactly <laughs> but i'm sure as i get into this more i'm gonna need yeah. to start needing stuff like this to make any sense out of what it is i'm actually doing <laughs> i hope we don't we don't all need it i think it's just one of those things where you know in the, in these first couple of months years as you're kind of an early adopter you know mm -hmm. the kind of tools you want to get some visibility into things nice yeah. yeah, I have to imagine eventually, like, the good stuff will make it into, like, the official React dev tools and Oh, yeah. And yeah. whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Or at least yeah, I hope the, so. The suspense dev tool and all that. Yeah. That'll be exciting. I mean, can't wait to see that. <laughs> all right. Should we go on to our favorites of the week, our, our good things this week? We should. Let's do it. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and cue that up. All right. That's Ooh. a little bit shorter. Yeah, it's yeah. different lengths. We we're still figuring this out. Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that first one had a real Toe Jam and Earl vibe. I don't know if you remember that video game from back in the day. Oh, Very... I love Toe Jam and Earl. Oh yeah, I don't... yeah. Funky. Funky. I used to play it with my my br it kind of make, it used to make me happy at least. Uh, we actually <laughs> played it again 
they released some Genesis classics for the yes. Switch, and we mm -hmm. busted out. I busted out Toe Jam and Earl with my kids, and uh, and they're like, I had to "What show is them how this?" It works. Yeah, they thought it was weird, but Planet Funkatron, what? The music though is extremely oh, yeah. recognizable. Like, oh, yeah. if you've heard mm -hmm. it once, you it's it's just got its own vibe. Yeah, and I think it actually made it kind of made its way into the mainstream in some ways. A little like, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the things making us happy this week. You want to start off, uh, TJ? Sure. So I'm just getting back from a trip to Michigan's Upper Peninsula, Ooh. which was amazing. It's, it's a super cool, super interesting place. The downside to the Upper Peninsula is that it is big and it is far away from anything, right? So that's that's part of its appeal is that it's very like untouched. It's just straight nature. Oh. There's a lot of just there parks up there. Is that, I'm, I'm admit to never having gone. Yeah. For now. So the main attraction, the main touristy thing that people associate with Michigan's Upper Peninsula is Mackinac. So there's the Mackinac Bridge that connects the two peninsulas, and then there's an island there, Mackinac Island on which cars are not allowed. So it's mm. only like horses, which the, you know they play all into that. There's like an eight mile trail that goes around the island that is Ooh, neat. great. It's, it's right on the, it's right on Lake Michigan. So it's just, you know, it's beautiful to, to visit. It's famous for its fudge. That's also good. Oh, I like that. Um, are, are dogs allowed? Uh, dogs, I, I think so. I don't, okay. there were definitely some dogs on the island, but I don't right. know if those were you know, people that brought their own or just locals that, that live there. Oh, people live on um, the island, on this island with only horses. It's mostly for during tour season. There's like a hundred some people that live there year round, some brave souls, because living out on the island in the middle of a lake in a pretty northern place is, uh, is pretty yeah, rough because the lake freezes over. So for a while, they're landlocked until the lake freezes over and then they can snowmobile across to the mainland to get supplies. So... <laughs> So Mackinac is the main attraction, but then like the entire UP is huge, right? So we only went halfway across and we visited just a few places there. But I mean, you can make an entire road trip out of it. It can take like, I, th I think it takes like something like eight, nine hours to drive across. It's kind of oh, huge. Oh, geez. So, oh, geez. Big. Yeah, yeah, that's big. You betcha. Drive all the way into Minnesota. So, oh, wow. So that's, that's what's making me happy though. I, but if you go, Mackinac is the main attraction. So unless you're... Unless you're a Michigander, unless you're sort of in my neck of the woods, probably Mackinac is your main, your main draw. What did the kids get out of it? Because I know you're, you're like, dang, this is awesome. Fudge. Got fudge. So go. Mackinac is great for kids because oh. they can just go, they can take Maybe bikes. You can, bring your own, you can bring your own bikes, which is kind of cool. Oh, okay. You could just take your bikes That's across cool. on the boat. And then mm -hmm. there's an eight-mile trail around the island. It's pretty safe, right? Because where are you going to go, right? It's your... <laughs> You can't get off the island, yeah. You're on an island, so you can send kids off to explore, so that's pretty fun. Uh, they got a little bit uh, stir-crazy in the car on the rest of the, the trip. I mean, when we get places, As they can go out and they see it. I mean, they like they like seeing mm -hmm. it, but they're yeah, they're 12-year-olds they're at this point. They get, they're get starting to get through those teenage years where they just get bored pretty easily. <laughs> but they've got switches. They do, so it's, yeah. yeah okay. so there's that, and and you know. phones nowadays. So it's, oh yeah, exactly. They're fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Awesome, Paige. What's making you happy this week? 
This week, I am going to recommend uh, a pair of barbecue oven mitts. So my, if you've listened to our previous podcast, which was React Roundup, we had a habit of recommending a lot of kitchen appliances, gadgets, utensils. Indeed we do. Um, <laughs> so I'm bringing back uh, a new, new good one. Um, and these are from a company called Meter, which is actually oh, yeah, a great. barbecue specific company. So they, they, their, their claim to fame is that they make these um, Wi-Fi enabled barbecue thermometers that you can Very put cool. into your meat as you're smoking it or grilling it or whatever. And it, you know, you can get multiples of them. There's a cool app for your phone, all that good stuff. But they also sell these oven mitts and they're they're resistant to, I don't know, three or 400 degree temperatures. They have silicone on both sides so they help you grip whatever it is that you're picking up. And they work really well. Uh, I used them this weekend when I was was taking a cake out of the oven, and I was just able to reach in, grab it, no problems, didn't feel the heat at all. So I would say that if you're looking for a pair and you need some new ones or you just you know want to have a couple on hand that are a little bit different than your traditional oven mitts, definitely check these out because they've got all the fingers in them. They've got oh, that's full handy. functionality. Yeah, that's really handy. I've never yeah, seen one so. with the fingers in them before, yes. which seems like a no-brainer now that I'm seeing it because the, right. the normal oven mitts are just like clunky. Yeah, yeah exactly. You need to grab like so a handle. These, yeah, exactly. You have all your dexterity that you want and none of the heat. So I would definitely give them two big thumbs up as a, a good pair to have on hand. And and slow burn through because the oven mitts things it's always about how. How long can you have them on your hands? Mm -hmm. kind of thing, yeah, that too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you get it all the way from the outside to the inside to the kitchen in time right. before your hands start burning? <laughs> Without dropping it. Right. Right. And the dog's jumping at you like, ah, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, my pick this week, and actually I've got two, is one, if you are into doing annotations as you do screencasts or if you are in like Zoom calls and you want to kind of draw on the screen, there's a really nice combination that I use and called, well, it's just, <laughs> you know, whatever. I've got an XP pen tablet, it's a commodity tablet, I think it's a couple, like a hundred bucks. 150 bucks on Amazon. There's a bunch of different vendors and they all basically have essentially the same thing. And you connect it to your computer. It becomes essentially a, an extra monitor that you then mirror your main monitor with. And so now you, mm. you actually have like, you can see where you're drawing, which is nice. And then you, uh, it's got a USB connection. So that's where it, it actually sends in basically mouse, mouse signals for the pen. And then yeah. I use screen brush on top of that to actually put on like nice little, you know, lines and arrows and all that. And it's a really nice combination. So if you're doing you know, live streaming or screencasting, it's fantastic for that. And if you do the mm -hmm. Zoom stuff, I think they've got probably got like annotation tools built in, but it make it easier to use those. So basically nice. you could just be like sharing your screen and then just like start circling something on the tablet in front of you and yeah. then the people viewing it would see it. More or less. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so if you're you like have Steve like Steve Madden got X's yeah. and yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like there's our back end server and he's making a, you know, he's making a you know, you know a play on our, you know, front end server over here. We're gonna come in from the side and, you know, get back the ball kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. 
And it, it works. It, it actually, I, I've gotten some good feedback on a bunch of videos where I did that, and they're like, well, why do you do that anymore? I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a pain, whatever. But now I've got it set up so that it's, it's, it's all the time. And nice. then the other pick was I'm totally into this Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and <laughs> it's fantastic. And they just did an episode, number nine, in season two uh, called, I think it's like something Rhapsody. And it's basically the first time that Star Trek has ever, in their entire history, done a musical. And it was really, really good. And they've got a, a Spotify <laughs> playlist where you can play the songs. Oh, wow. And it's great. And I, I got to tell you, like, my generation, I, I you know, I, I, my parents had... Uh, you know the you know, Penzance and all that sort of stuff, and then you know my daughter's generation has like Hamilton and Rent and all that, and mm-hmm. we really didn't have any kind of fun musicals that I can think of you know, that really caught my attention. But being a Star Trek fan, I I now have a musical and it's fantastic. Love it. Nice, awesome. I am excited to watch this season when it's completely done. Oh, no, it's done. It. So it's out. Oh, but, nice. You know, so, okay, there you go. It's binge, binge time for Paige. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's our things that are making us happy this week. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping and just say that you are. this whole presentation is brought to you by the Blue Collar Coder, which is a YouTube channel. And we have a Discord server where you can ask questions to us or talk about those videos. We also have an email if you want to get in contact with us. That's in the show notes. And if you want to tweet or X us or whatever that is nowadays, I don't know. We are at front end fire, separated by underscores in classic CS fashion. And uh, yeah, so be sure to reach out. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, so we can make a better show. And we'll see you next week. Awesome. Yeah. See you. Bye, then. everybody.